Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Neither Canty nor Carlin today. You get Amber Wilson and Randy Scott. You're welcome. You can tweet to us at Randy Scott ESPN. That's him. At Amber W Sports. That's me. You can also join the conversation. Give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. So, Randy, we've got some more preseason NFL football tonight. The Carolina Panthers will take on the New England Patriots at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Houston Texans will take on the Los Angeles Rams at 10 p.m. Eastern. And in between those two games, the New Orleans Saints will be at the Green Bay Packers. That is an 8 p.m. kickoff. So let's talk about those Green Bay Packers. And for that, we bring in Rob Domofsky, ESPN Packers reporter, And Rob, we know that Aaron Rodgers certainly had his opinion about his young receivers and he let it be known this week. It has made the headlines. We've talked about it ad nauseum here. What is the reaction from that wide receiver room since Aaron Rodgers has made those comments? Next day, the receivers coach called a meeting uh, and they wanted to just, hey, let's just get on the same page here. So as Randall Cobb put it, uh, the veteran receiver, he's like, we were just told 845, all the receivers go to the quarterback's room. And uh, Romeo Dobbs had, had basically, and Samari Touré, the two rookies, basically told us that they just want Rodgers, Rodgers, I should say, wants them to see the game the way he sees it. And the faster they can do that, the, the quicker they're going to get on the same page. I also wonder, Amber, if there wasn't a little bit of Aaron Rodgers kind of trying to defend Jordan Love a little bit because Love threw three interceptions last week at San Francisco, and really none of them was his fault. I mean, it was a, a bad drop by a young tight end, Tyler Davis, um, kind of a drop slash didn't play it great by Romeo Dobbs, and then a wrong route by second-year receiver Amari Rogers. Now, Jordan Love shouldn't have thrown it there, but he ran the guy ran the wrong route. I, I wonder if that part of it, too, was trying to take a little bit of heat off of Love because – um, you know, Jordan has really shown some pretty significant improvement in training camp and, and in practices. And, and unfortunately, because of all those mistakes, you know, he really didn't get to show it in the game. So I, I think there could be multiple reasons for, you know, why he said what he said. Okay, so speaking of Jordan Love and understanding that it's not his team, or at least doesn't have to be his team yeah. just yet this season, what are the Packers, you know, Packers looking for in terms of developmental improvement, especially when you couch the overall stat line from the preseason game a week yeah. ago uh, against what the game film will show. Yeah, no, you're right, Randy. And, and I mean, that's, I think, you know, that you have to a little bit separate it right now. 
um, because, you know, what, what he's done on the field and what the stat sheets show are a little different. I, I was going to say when I, I heard Amber, I think it was in the opening, say, you know, we have more NFL preseason football. I would say that's probably a, a contradiction in terms because what we're seeing in the preseason is not NFL football. Uh, <laughs> they're just, there's just so many guys. Well, there's just so many guys that will play tonight that won't be on NFL teams. You know, I mean, the Packers didn't dress a single starter other than a couple of offensive linemen last week. So it's just, it's hard for, you know, a guy like Jordan Love who's trying to show improvement to, to do it. But I can tell you this, he's getting rid of the ball faster. He's being more decisive. He's throwing the ball with more zip. But at some point, it still has to translate into moving the ball down the field. I asked offensive coordinator Adam Senevich yesterday what he wants to see that maybe he didn't see last week. And I actually thought he, he was going to say take care of the ball a little more. But what he said was, he goes, he missed some early throws, some easy early throws in the game that would have gotten him in rhythm. And he wants to see him hit those uh, you know, early in the game. I mean, you know, they, they always call plays early on to get kind of get a guy going a little bit. And, uh, you know, Jordan wasn't able to take advantage of some of those. So that's more what they're looking for tonight, um, I think. But, uh, again, the, from the rest of the league's perspective, you know, Jordan Love hasn't done a whole heck of a lot. But from what these guys see here on a day-in, day-out basis, they do like the way it's trending. It's a fair uh, analysis of the preseason there, Rob, because it has certainly become more of a tryout for all of these preseason games yeah. than actual NFL football. Rob Domofsky, ESPN Packers reporting us, reporter joining us here on Canteen. Carlin Amber Wilson, Randy Scott filling in for the guys. So I'm curious because I also heard the tone of Aaron Rodgers' comment and that it kind of seemed pretty defensive there of Jordan Love. What is the relationship yeah. now between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love? Has, has, it, has it changed at all since Aaron Rodgers did sign that extension and we know he's he's there for years no because roger i think it's the same because roger's beef was never with jordan love right and he he made that clear from the beginning he he said look i i like the kid i have nothing against him i just don't like the pick you know i don't like the way that they did it uh and really like you know i watch those guys interact and it's it's very much like aaron interacts with his previous backups you know guys that he's He's had, like, you know, Matt Flynn, Brett Hundley, all the guys that have been here that have really been good friends with him. It's the same thing. I mean, their lockers are right near each other. Um, you know, they interact in the locker room. It's not like Rodgers is cold-shouldering him at all. Um, now, sure, does he, does he know that at some point Love might take his job? Yeah, but Rodgers has always been confident in himself. He's like – as long as I'm playing the way I'm playing, it's going to be a while before he gets on the field. Yeah, Jordan Love debuts when Aaron, Aaron Rodgers decides that right. that Jordan Love debuts. One of the other position battles, and this is not a position battle at quarterback, but what's been fun to watch has been either the de- the development or the battle at edge rusher, quite honestly. Who who stood yeah. out there to you, Rob? Well, Rashawn Gary, Randy, had, had a really nice year last year. Remember, he was their first-round pick out of Michigan, what, three years ago, four years ago? Yeah. And he really didn't do anything as a rookie, and people were kind of, you know, poo-pooing the pick a little bit. Um, but he's just steadily improved, you know, year after year. And last year, he was a stud. I mean, he, he I think he had nine-and-a-half sacks. He led them in pressures, uh, and he played the run really well. And really, that's part of the reason that they let Zadarius Smith leave and throw. They cut him, I guess, uh, from a contract standpoint. But that's part of the reason they were able to be comfortable with him. And then Preston Smith has been, um, you know, Preston Smith has been an interesting guy because every odd year, he seems to have a great year. And every even year, uh, he has not, not had such a great year. We're obviously in an even year. He said that he's figured out why, and he wouldn't tell us, but 
you know, he had a really good year last year when it was going to basically be either him or Zedarius. They weren't going to keep both of them. Zedarius got hurt. Preston took advantage. Um, and, and you know what? They, they really don't have a lot behind them in terms of th- third and fourth edge rushers. But who does, right? I mean, you know, who, who has four guys that you can throw on the edge? So what I think they're, where they're better, Randy, is at the interior of the defensive line. Uh, you know, Kenny Clark has been a really, really good player. Dean Lowry had one of his best years last year. They signed Jaron Reed, a rookie who had, or I'm sorry, a veteran who had played for uh, Kansas City and Seattle, and, and he's really a nice player. Not necessarily, you know, a, a massive sack guy, but a, but a guy who can eat up blockers in the middle and a veteran presence. And then they drafted De- Devontae Wyatt uh, out of Georgia in the first round, and you know they're able to bring him along a little slowly. Uh, because of it, uh, you know, the depth they have there, but he's really started to make a few plays in practice too. So, you know, defensively, um, you know, this has a chance to maybe be their best defense since their Super Bowl team in 2010. Rob Domofsky, Packers reporter, joining us. Finally here, Rob, on the way out, let's talk about the other line on this team. Let's talk about the O-line. You have Bakhtiari and Jenkins battling back from ACL tears. Are there concerns here on this offensive line in terms of depth? Yes. There, well, first of all, there's concerns, Amber, with starters, because as you said, Bakhtiari and Jenkins both still working their way back. And, and you remember, Bakhtiari's ACL was about 19 months ago. And since that injury, he's played 27 snaps uh, last year in, in one game and then shut it down again. Still isn't practicing. He had a third surgery on that knee this, this spring. So who knows if he's, A, if he's ever going to be back. And if he is back, is he the all-pro guy that he was before? Uh, Elton Jenkins is a much different recovery. Um, almost nine months to the date of the injury, he was cleared and, and back on the practice field. Now he's limited. He's not doing any full contact 11 on 11 stuff yet, but he's, you know, he's, he is at least showing that it looks like there's a chance that he could be ready week one. And at least if they have one of those two tackles, because Jenkins is probably going to end up playing right tackle, even though he's been a pro bowler at left guard and then filled in for Bakhtiari at left tackle last year, he can basically play anywhere and they think he can do it at a Pro Bowl level. So at least if you get one or of those guys back by the opener, it settles you know, at least one spot. Because right now, you know, they're basically juggling four guys for two spots trying to figure out who can do it if Bakhtiari and Jenkins are, are not going to be ready. Rob Domoski, ESPN Packers reporter. Rob, thanks so much for joining us. All right, guys. We'll be seeing you. Again, the Saints take on the Packers tonight. That is an 8 p.m kickoff for preseason game number two tune into an AL East rivalry tomorrow as the Yankees host the Blue Jays presented by Progressive Insurance coverage begins at 12 30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app coming up next will 2022 be the final season for Brandon Staley Chris Canty thinks that there is a chance we'll get into it this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. Randy thinks that song is highly overrated. That's not something I said because I wouldn't say that. Well, I don't want the beehive coming after me. You can who? tweet to us at Randy Scott ESPN. Who said it was so- oh. All right, I'm I've sorry. tasted my that own medicine. Song, man. It is I, like the first time I heard it, I kind of dug it, and now it comes on my playlist every time I'm working out, and I keep having to skip it. Hmm. I don't hmm. know. I, just, okay. uh, I don't yeah. skip it. I choose not to skip it, but that's mm. just like a lifestyle choice. Just throwing choice. that out in case the beehive's listening. It's, I get it. Yeah, it's a prioritization of music right. and musical taste. But yeah, but go on. No, no, no. Keep going. You were doing great. <laughs> I understand what you're doing. <laughs> oh, it is time now on Canty and Carlin for us to do a little segment that we like to call Get Up, Get Down, which is where we take something set on Get Up and we react to it. And this time on Get Up was the host of this show, Chris Canty. Canty gave us his bold predictions for the upcoming NFL season. So for Get Up, Get Down, we bring in our producer, Devin Kane. All right, let's start here. Canty has been not shy of saying that he thinks Trey Lance could be an MVP candidate. So to go, to go along with that, he believes the 49ers, his bold, first bold prediction, will be in the Super Bowl. Randy, what are your, what's your reaction to that? That is uh, a wildly – it's a wild prediction. It's also a wildly incorrect prediction, but I, I, but I respect it. I do. I, I, I think they're going to make noise in that division, to be sure. Seattle's down. I think the Rams are vulnerable, and I think the Cardinals, you can't trust the coach or the quarterback. So, yeah, I could I could see them like getting to the postseason almost by default, but to say that a, a, a first-time starter, I know he's not a rookie, but a first-time full-season starter is going to lead your team to the, to the Super Bowl? No, I don't see that happening at all. I, I mean, not even – a, a new starter, like a, a starter who we know so little about. That's what I don't understand about people like Canty being so sold on Trey Lance. I'm not out on Trey Lance. I'm just not in on Trey Lance. I'm not there at practice. How could you be in on Trey Lance if you're not in the inner workings of the 49ers? We only saw 71 passes from him last season. That's all we got. And oh, by the way, we only got 318 total passes from him in college. Total yeah. passes. During his entire time at North Dakota State, that's what it looked like, was 318. He, he completed 65.4% of those in college. Last season, he was under 60, 60% uh, in terms of his completed passes. I've just seen so little. Sure, maybe he ends up being phenomenal, but I'm definitely not going to put a guy taking over the helm into the Super Bowl, although this is a good 49ers team. I think that's, uh, that is a bold, bold, that's too bold for coming from Chris Canty. Mm-hmm. All right, next up. Chris Canty believes in his bowl predictions that the Rams, defending Super Bowl champions, will miss the playoffs. Here's some context. Three Super Bowl winners have missed the playoffs in the last decade. They have the toughest strength of schedule and everything going on with Stafford's elbow. Amber, what do you think? They have the toughest strength of schedule. I'm surprised to hear that. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm very surprised because of the division that they're sitting in. Uh, Any team in the NFC, I feel like, has an opportunity here to make the playoffs. And I can't imagine that they're not going to be the best team in their division. I guess since he's so high on the 49ers that he feels otherwise, that he feels like the 49ers will own that division. But I, I think that the Rams really have an opportunity to essentially be as good as they were last year. I know that they lost Von Miller, but I don't think beyond that there's a bunch of huge changes to this team. And you could even 
uh, mark off some areas f- that have improved since the, they won the Super Bowl. So, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand why they would go from Super Bowl to totally missing the playoffs. Again, Canty being so bold, Randy. Yeah, that's not the team that I have missing the playoffs. Like the chalky pick that I have missing the playoffs. I think the Rams get into the postseason. I wouldn't be surprised if they just run out of gas, kind of like the Tampa Bay Bucks did in the postseason. Like that Super Bowl run takes a lot out of your team. But I don't think I, I just by sheer virtue of talent on the roster, I think they make the playoffs. All right, next up, twenty twenty two will be Brandon Staley's final season as head coach of the Chargers. Randy, what do you think about that one? It would be because of continued late game mismanagement and relying on analytics and going forward on fourth down and key spots and whatever else. I think listen, I'm a Raiders fan, but I think we're overstating the importance of that week eighteen game last season, that wild final game of the season where the Raiders and Chargers battled into overtime and there there are some who believe that because Brandon Staley called a timeout late and whatever it was that the Raiders decided you know what we're going to go ahead and, and go for it here and knock you out of the postseason I, I I think he's a young he's a young coach who has the pulse of his team and has the respect and the trust of his franchise quarterback I think we're going to see a, a darn near magical year from Justin Herbert and I just don't see how you part ways with Brandon Staley in that spot yeah, I, I I don't think it's bold to say that it could be th- theoretically Staley's last season. I mean, already we've talked about, hey, would Sean Payton maybe want that job as one of the jobs that maybe Sean Payton would walk into after this season? And it's because of that penchant that Staley has for gambling, essentially, where he does go for it in very untraditional ways. And maybe you feel like, hey, try the traditional approach a time or two. You don't always have to be sort of like the young, innovative coach. Maybe you're being a bit too innovative and costing your team. But all of that being said, I think this Chargers team is going to be so good. I think it's going to finally translate in the win column for this Chargers team. We know what Justin Herbert is. I don't think there's any reason to think that he's going to take a step back. But then also you brought in Khalil Mack, and now your defense is going Going to be markedly improved I think that's going to be a dangerous Chargers team and to Randy's point it's going to be hard to get rid of the head coach if they have an amazing record and an amazing run here in the postseason all right let's do one more quickly Amber by season's end Chris Canty believes Malik Wellis will be the starting quarterback for the Titans. What do you think about that? I actually don't think that prediction is that bold either. I think that that could be a reality because I think the Titans are starting to see that Ryan Tannehill is the answer. If you have the right team around him, fine, but it's very hard to maintain the right team around him because people get injured like the Derrick Henrys of the world and you need a whole lot of help around Tannehill for him to be able to lead your team to championships. I think that they're going to be looking towards the future. Tannehill's contract gets a lot easier to move and get off your books after this season. And that's going to have everything to do with why they will maybe be encouraged to turn the keys over to Malik Willis and see if they have it there towards the end of the season, if they feel like he's ready. I see that. I do. I I think the Titans will contend, but I think they're going to realize that the ceiling of their franchise is lower with Ryan Tannehill, without A.J. Brown, quite frankly. I feel that Malik Willis will prove to them in practice that he's able to create on offense rather than just manage the team. I'm going to put out a bold prediction that the Bucs don't make the playoffs. I want to. Can we clip that off? Whoa. Can we just save this? Clipped. I looked at their schedule. I know the Rams have the what, what toughest strength of schedule. The Bucs will be 500, maybe 4-6 and six heading into their bye week, and then down the stretch it gets a little dicey. And oh. I feel like, yeah, I know, I – 
Chris Godwin being the first year back from the ACL, losing really? Rob Gronkowski, losing Antonio Brown. I could see it, man. I really could. I can't see it. I mean, I, they're easily going to take that division, and I, I just can't see it when with Tom Brady at the helm. Are you are you calling Tom Brady old, Randy Scott? Do you want to go on record? Do you want to be that guy? It's actually it's not an anti-Brady take. I feel like it's more the pieces around him. Um, I trust me. I'm not trying to be bulletin board material for anybody and clipped off and tweeted out or anything. I, I, it, I think Brady's going to do what he does, but I feel like the pieces around him took a step back. And that division, I actually kind of believe in the Saints being frisky. I, I don't think it's as much of an uh, NFC South cakewalk as Amber Wilson does. I do. I think it's a uh, yeah. I think that the uh, this idea that the Saints are anyways, but I do think <laughs> that if you're going to have a bold take, I don't want to. We're up against yeah. the clock, so I won't get into my 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 Saints nonsense here, but. <laughs> If you're going to have a bold take, you got to make it bold. And betting against Tom Brady is certainly a bold take by you. I think for me, my bold take would be, I'm not sure the Denver Broncos will make the postseason. Maybe they will find themselves in last place in that division. Maybe that's wow. not saying much if you're talking about a loaded AFC West. But I've never believed that the Broncos are just a quarterback away. And we'll see what Russell Wilson looks like now that his hand is healthy. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin, we are less than an hour away from our first preseason game, which features the Patriots. Our next guest will help us break it down. That is after I have this word from Vivid Seats. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and you can be there to catch all the action live with Vivid Seats. Get out to the ballpark and experience every home run, every web gem, and every walk-off. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, you'll start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Buy 10 tickets, get the 11th one free. That's like getting 10% back on every single ticket. From the box seats to the bleachers, Vivid Seats has you covered with tickets at great prices all summer long. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There is lots of preseason action to be had tonight in the NFL. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. The Carolina Panthers will take on the New England Patriots in New England tonight. That is a 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff. So let's bring in some help to talk about these New England Patriots. And for that, we bring in Matt Chatham. He won three Super Bowls. And Matt, thanks so much for giving us some of your time with the Patriots. We know the story so far of the preseason has been the play caller situation. And it's Matt Patricia. It's Joe Judge. They're splitting the play calling duties for now. We don't actually know who the OC is. As a former player, what do you make of that situation? Does it matter who is calling your plays? You know, we have rotated from time to time. Part of the reasons defensively you would do something like that is if they get a, 
a sort of a, a beat on, you know, who it's coming in from, you know, where you hide your signals and things like that. And there'll be certain sort of pockets where maybe Mangini or maybe, uh, you know, Rob Ryan or something like that would take it from rack. But, you know, by and large staffs put together sort of a plan for a game. So, you know, it's, it's not as if, you know, it's sort of like that old, uh, uh, yeah, like movie kind of thing where a guy has a spiral notebook and he's just coming up with stuff, you know, it's sort of <laughs> like a, uh, like a coach playing on Madden kind of thing. It's not really bad in the pros. I don't think you're going to see demonstrably different sort of thumbprints from one guy to the next, provided they're, you know, doing the same system. And I think that's probably the biggest thing people might overlook a little bit. You know, ultimately this is Bill's offense. This is Bill Belichick's offense. They're not going to go, you know, just haywire with one of the two guys that might be doing this and go off and do his own thing and, and do sort of things Bill wouldn't want him to do. So keep that in mind. You may find, you know, five plays out of 65 that may have otherwise, you know, swayed one way or the other, but by and large, it'll be close to the script. So what do you hope to see? I, I know we're going to see Mac tonight for the first time, Matt, but otherwise, what what do you want to see out of this team tonight as uh, I guess all you're looking for is improvement, right, from week to week, week in the preseason? Pay no attention to the final score. Pay no attention to the box score. But what do you what do you want to see? Well, Randy, I think one of the things that I'm kind of burned, and I think a lot of us maybe are <laughs> that, that have worked in, in media here in the NFL for the last 10 years because there's sort of almost like a occasionally inverse sort of thing that happens. Like, I certainly have been uh, been guilty of this. You know, you used to call the Patriots preseason games uh, for TV, and for years and years and years, you'd get all fired up about this just phenomenal, you know, three or four game stretch of preseason games they had it been you know at every single practice and throughout camp and i've watched every one i wanted every team period oh my goodness this is this is a top two or three say offense or defense or whatever it is but i think we've kind of got to the point now because camps are so weird you know there's so little contact uh there's so little full speed stuff you can maybe get a little into individual analysis you know like is a guy taking a jump or added an attribute that he may have not had quite as much the year before but projecting group performance i mean like think of it from the wagering standpoint i know that's like the new thing now but like would you want to use any of this stuff as a premise to guess what then would happen the next week i certainly wouldn't i mean (laughs) these guys have been going around playing patty cake for the last several weeks so um they're getting their bodies physically ready but is this we're just this is this is evaluation time it's really not sort of a a, you know a look ahead of what, what this team might be Matt John Chatham, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. So, Matt, obviously a lot of the attention always falls on the offense because of the departure of Josh McDaniels, the OC situation there, the rotating play callers, everything that we already mentioned. But let's talk about this team's defense for a second, something obviously you're very familiar with because their defensive line last season was hot and cold at times, very inconsistent trying to stop the run, uh, also inconsistent at times trying to get pressure on the quarterback where do you see this defense this season? What are you looking for to see in terms of improvements there? Yeah, I would. I'm, I'm glad you went there because I think one of the, you know, it's it's easy and, and understandable in a media market. This is how life works. We all get this that you're going to talk about the quarterback. Oh, somebody's playing. You know, calling play. There's a play call change difference. That's where the most of the energy is going to gravitate. But we have to remember this is a defense. They gave up 47 points, exited in the playoffs, and didn't force a punt. <laughs> so, I mean, if the real, if we're all being honest and say we're wagering on this, 
marked improvement, I'm saying incremental improvements by the offense is far less important than massive ones from the defense relative to how they were playing at the end of the year. So it was a group we saw a ton of turnover in the offseason. They basically went the let's get faster, a little bit smaller, and obviously younger, and sort of build a slightly different style. Um, they have a unique back end. I think that's something we'll be looking for, uh, you know, in this game and then the final preseason game. It's it's not your typical, hey, they've got this certain shutdown cornerback who's played many years and is in a max contract kind of situation. They don't have that, but they have, for a team that doesn't have that guy that everyone knows kind of deal, they're curiously deep. They really have a nice stable of, of young guys, so it's kind of a weird mix of who's going to ascend here kind of deal. But there's no more J.C. Jackson who goes off on the big deals out to, I almost said, San Diego to L.A., um, you know, Stephon Gilbert's playing for another team now. So it's sort of a collection of guys. Um, Jalen Mills gets pushed into sort of lead role. Um, but Jonathan Jones, who's been one of the best slot corners for years and years, looks like he's being pushed to possibly some boundary role. And then they go and draft two guys. They go load up in the draft with Marcus Jones and, and Jack Jones. Jabril Preppers is brought in. Devin McCourty's still playing again. I mean, it, it, it's just really weirdly deep group. And they're sort of amorphous in that who plays what, position we kind of yeah. don't know safeties are corners corners are safeties inside outside nobody really you know gets a sense of that so that's kind of i think what these last two weeks are at least for a fan trying to figure out how all these pieces fit together and if you if you hear the name matt chatham and you're like hold on patriots panthers golly this is ringing this is ringing some nfl mad lib like cobwebs in my brain here and you're like oh yeah super bowl 38 <laughs> against the Panthers, and there was a streaker on the field. There's some Brit on the field, and he got laid out by old Matt Chatham, old Matty Chat. Nobody calls him that, but, like, you know what I mean? Just sort of laid him just sort of laid him out. And in your post-playing career now, because if you follow Matt on Twitter, it's at Chatham58, this dude is a barbecue savant, just a non-problematic Bobby Fisher on the barbecue. And, <laughs> and your deal now, dude, I'm going to shout it out, rub, smoke, love – which is the barbecue like line that you've put out? Like this is a this is a this is a career for you now. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be uh, selling barbecue rubs here shortly. So yes. please, people, do not run and try to order anything <laughs> today. Keep an eye on me on social media. We'll be announcing our launch here shortly. But uh, yeah, I'm full on into food and food media. It's it's pretty fun, Randy. It's exciting. It's a fun follow. It really is a, a fun yeah. follow. All right, Matt. At Chatham58. That's right. Uh, so go ahead and give him a follow. Again, the Carolina Panthers take on the New England Patriots tonight, preseason game two. That is a 7 p.m. kickoff. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Coming up next, who is the queen of Christmas? We're going to explain. Oh. Don't you worry. Stay tuned. Next up is three <laughs> and out. This is Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Randy Scott filling in for the guys today. And Randy, there was some interesting developments in the world of golf. Now, I know you're a big golf guy. This is not on a golf course, though. This is off of it. But this has become an overarching story in the world of golf when it's live golf, of course, versus the PGA. And we know some of the players that have been kicked off the PGA Tour because of their affiliation with live golf have ended up suing the PGA Tour in federal court. Well, now there is a tentative date that has been set for trial. Also a tentative date that has been set 
for the summary judgment. And so what's interesting about this is, first of all, the judge set a date for summary judgment, which will take place in July of 2023. So roughly a year from now, that's when the tour is going to try to get this entire case dismissed, basically. So that's the earliest that's going to happen. But the actual trial date of this thing goes all the way to trial between these golfers that are suing the PGA Tour and the PGA Tour, Randy. That won't happen for at least two years or around two years from now, a year and a half, roughly. January 8th, 2024 is the first date that the judge will consider hearing this case. And I can tell you as an attorney, when a trial is set, that trial is going to get pushed back anyway. So that's probably not going to go down. Now, why is any of this significant? It's significant because the golfers had lost their pursuit of trying to get a restraining order that would have allowed them to still play in PGA Tour events. And basically, the judge said, you're not harmed by this. This was your choice, and you're certainly not harmed by not being able to play in these events because you're getting even more money not playing in these events. You're getting so much money from Liv that there's no real harm here. There's no extenuating circumstances that I need to issue this injunction. And so these golfers are not going to be allowed to participate in PGA events for now we're looking at at least a year and a half, even if they win their trial, ultimately. No, it's significant not only for the uh, for the pay perspective, but also just for there is a clear line now. It's good guys and bad guys for in, in the minds of a lot of not only just golf fans. I think casual sports fans are like, oh, yeah, I know Liv. That's the bad tour. That's the bad guy tour, the renegade, tour, whatever it is. And these guys, you know, branding is everything. I mean, it's what they wear. They literally wear advertisements on their bags and on their shirts and whatever else. And when that sort of secondary ancillary sort of bonus income takes a hit because of public perception and public image. I mean, it really you, you want to be out there. Like if you're on the PGA tour, there are people who think, okay, cool. He's one of the good guys and they don't look beyond it and say, Oh wait, wait, he is sort of dabbling in both tours. So the fact that they're out of sight with this PGA tour, I mean, it's, it's big, it's a big deal. It's big. And it means that they're not earning points that they're not qualifying for any of these masters yes. that they haven't already won been talking a lot about karaoke music on today's show. This is a good karaoke song, right? Yes, You know it more is. about karaoke than I do. Montel Jordan's a super uh, a sports center watcher. No big deal. He, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, wow. he's a fan. Just name dropping over there. Go I'm, ahead and pick that name up sorry, that you just dropped. I'm, I'm 40. It's going to hurt my back. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott. If you want to give him a follow, you can check out some more of those dad jokes at Randy Scott ESPN. <laughs> you can also give me a follow. I don't have dad jokes for you, but I'll try it. Amber W Sports. We want to thank everybody who helped take part in today's show. We've had a really fun show so far. It is not over yet, though. We are coming down the stretch here, but we still have to go three and out. Let's do it. Bill's Mafia showing up once again, Randy, in a very, very cool way. They don't just break tables. They also do very good things, and they are doing very good things right now. They're showing up to support Buffalo Bill's tight end Dawson Knox, whose brother Luke Knox passed away Wednesday evening at the age of 22. Fans began showing support in the way that they always do by sending donations to organizations Close to a player who has recently experienced a tragedy. They did the same for Josh Allen. Uh, They did the same when he lost his late grandmother, Patricia Allen. And so this is now becoming a bit of a tradition for the Bills fan. On Twitter, fans have been sharing screenshots of their donation to Punt, which is the Pediatric Cancer Collaborative. The amounts represent both brothers' jerseys, 16 for Luke, 
88 for Dawson. So a lot of fans donating $16.88 in memory of Luke Knox. I mean, just a super cool thing. As of Friday morning, Randy, Punt said it had received over 5,000 donations, totaling almost $100,000 from Bill's Mafia. Stepping up, donating to this wonderful pediatric cancer charity all in the name of of this of Luke Knox who passed away of this brother of the Bills tight end Dawson Knox I mean just kind of a beautiful way to memorialize his life it is and this is what the Bills fans do like you said you bring up Josh Allen you know uh charitable effort and it makes uh I'm trying to think how to not deliver a backhanded compliment for a long time Buffalo was not a destination for free agents or trade targets and when they have a special fan base like this, it's a way of making a relatively unknown or inhospitable area of the country to live because it can't be so punishing weather-wise during a football season. It makes it warmer, you know, for lack is of this, a play is upon this, words. Is this you not trying to backhand compliment I'm, them? I'm trying the backhand, not to. You avoiding the backhand part, I'm, not I'm going so well for not, you I'm right saying now. that they are such a special group of fans that they make a tough place to live <laughs> welcoming to people uh, who aren't from there. That's my point. I think I did a good job, guys. Okay. I think we nailed it. Um, yes. Listen, uh, they are a wonderful fan base. Uh, I'm sure uh, Buffalo is glorious in the summer. Uh, but they did support, like I said, Oshai Children's Hospital in honor of Patricia Allen, Josh Allen's grandmother, and now another charity in the Pediatric Cancer Collaborative. I think it's so cool that they just like choose these charities. This is how we're going to honor the life of somebody who's close to somebody that we support as Bills fans, and yeah. yet it all is going to such a good cause. I just think that's such a cool, cool, cool move. So good job to Bills Mafia. Randy is sorry that you live in Buffalo. Uh, Mariah Carey, she has tried to trademark Queen of Christmas, and it has been met with opposition, Randy Scott. Now, I'm going to make this story not fun because I'm a lawyer. And I'm, no, I'm going to get into the lawyer minutiae of this. So I feel like you should handle this one, actually, because no. you'll keep it more fun and light. Because I actually understand why this is being challenged. Frankly, it's a bit ridiculous. Also, there is a singer who's challenging it who has a title quite literally named Queen of Christmas. So, who, of course, she's challenging the, cra- the trademark anyways. Yeah, who is I that, digress. by the way? Who is that? The singer who has the Queen of Christmas. You're asking yeah. me follow-ups. I wasn't no, prepared I just didn't know if you to answer. No, no, I believe it. her last name is Chan. Uh, so there are two singers right now who are challenging Mariah Carey's trademark and they're doing it because they too have ties, whether through, you know, titles of their albums and music, they have ties also to the terminology, but they, I know she, that one singer is challenging on the basis that nobody should own that trademark because it should be, it's universal and it anyway. Yeah. Not getting into the legal minutiae. If I wasn't a lawyer and I was just a music fan for a moment, I'd say, you know what though? Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you. She is yeah. the queen of Christmas. You're right. That's my choice. She's my, I'm not going to, also, she's terrifying. Like, she is an intimidating <laughs> woman. I am intimidated by her. And uh, so, yeah, I'm deferring to her. What, what, I'll call her whatever she wants. I'll call her, you know. I mean, it is the best, it is the best, like, new age Christmas, I mean, new age Christmas song. It's like 30 years old. But it is the best Christmas song written in the last 30 years. I don't even think that's up for debate. I think in 2022, we can all, we can never agree on anything. I think we can all agree on that. I agree with you. Can we agree on this? Miller High Life is introducing ice cream that tastes like a dive bar. Apparently, it is going to, uh, yes, it is going to have a 
beer, peanut swirl, tobacco smoke flavor, caramel, and dark chocolate chocolate dip. How do you feel about ice cream that allegedly tastes like a dive bar? No, it's great. No, it's really it Honestly, I awesome. think it sounds good. No, Am it I sound, weird? It sounds great. It sounds No, but great. I mean like, like beer, I can do I can get with beer to, and products and peanuts. And dairy, I, sure, and caramel and chocolate like it, it's absolutely. Car- it's caramel, but beer and dairy? Like what? No. Yeah, no, sure. and tobacco beer cheese smoke. soup. Hello. White Russian? Oh, tobacco Hello. smoke? What are you, Lebowski? White well, Russian. Well, I don't know. With tobacco smoke, Land I'm not, a, I'm not a smoker, but maybe it's like a Moscow mule, mule with smokers. I don't know how any of that works. I, it sounds delightful. I'll try it.